Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Better Family Life is credited by both law enforcement and members of the community as one of the most effective organizations working in North St. Louis. The nonprofit provides everything from youth arts programs to foreclosure intervention. But no initiative it works on sees more dramatic results than its gun violence de-escalation program. Worried family members are encouraged to call the organization's 24-7 hotline. Then trained staffers jump into some of the city's most heated conflicts, seeking to turn down the heat and prevent bloodshed. Since January of 2017, Better Family Life has de-escalated 130 of these situations. One of them involved Paula Neely. She spoke with me this morning about a scary situation involving her son. She told me that she heard a commercial on the radio for the de-escalation hotline just hours after a frightening incident. Her son had gotten shot and survived, but Paula was terrified about what might happen next. The altercation came to him. He was addressing um, a situation with uh, the mother of his child and um, her mate that she was with at the time, I guess uh, he had done something inappropriate by posting um, my granddaughter a uh, picture mm. you know, on uh, social media without any clothes on except uh, just the bottom wear. And my son was trying to communicate with uh, the mother about that, but the boyfriend intervened and they got into altercation. And he, the uh, other guy, had took it to another level and went to go get a gun and pulled it out on my son in his face. Uh, then uh, my son, they wind up arguing and everything. He got away, and it just what happens that the other individual saw my son walking in the neighborhood, and he just pulled out a gun and just started shooting at him. Oh, my goodness. And, and my son has started, uh, he jumped fences in other people's backyard, and a uh, um, random person just saw them saw my son in his yard and he advised him to come near him for protection and he stood there for a minute until the coast was clear and then that's when my son uh, finally got away escaped and he called me immediately and told me what had happened and like I said he told me that it happened uh, the advertisement had came on like about maybe a few hours after that incident Okay, so that radio when I was driving. That was right when you must have just been feeling so worried about your son. So after you called Better Family Life, um, what did they do to try to intervene? Immediately, Mr. Clark himself and his team they asked me for my address, and they came to my house that day, and they sat down and um, I we explained everything that had happened, and also um, there was some vulgar things that was on social media that the guy had put on there, and we know we showed him everything of that, too, of that nature. So they came up with the plan to try to reach the guys through social media, and they did. And I know Mr. Clark had called me and let me know that they finally reached him, and they talking to him, and they tried to understand his point of view and why he was doing what he was doing and everything. So um, I'd probably say probably about within maybe about three weeks, two to three weeks, you know, um, Mr. Clark was able to not only help my son, but to learn that the other individual had personal issues and um, and everything that manifested in his life. So he helped that guy along with my son as well uh, to better themselves 
You know, my son can carry on with his life, and then that gentleman can carry on with his life and also better himself, like trying to find him a job or ask him for whatever assistance that he needs to carry on through his life. So this ended up being a good thing, not just for your son, who no longer felt like he was in harm's way, but also for this person who was angry at him and to the point of shooting at him. Um, So it sounds like a pretty good outcome here. I mean, do you feel like this program might have even saved your son's life? I know for a fact the program has saved my son's life. It saved my son's life that I know for a fact that I was at home watching television and the guy that pulled a gun out on my son, he was talking on uh, representing Mr. Clark and the de-escalation center himself Hmm. and what he partaked in in that incident. And I was totally floored when I saw him on TV speaking about the incident, you know, and he uh, said that he was doing better himself. I can say it was just amazing. And your son, uh, is he doing well today? He is doing very well today. He's healthy. He's out doing what he needs to do as far as supporting his family. And he doesn't have to look over his shoulder anymore. And that's St. Louis resident Paula Neely speaking to me earlier this morning. And joining me now in studio to talk about this program is James Clark. He's the vice president of community outreach at Better Family Life. James, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. So, James, you're stepping into some really fraught situations. In in Paula's case, here's a young man who'd already shot another young man. And some people would say, just call the cops. What makes you want to go down a different route? Well, we've we've learned that... um most times um, individuals who are involved in conflicts are willing to de-escalate. They, they are willing to uh, move beyond the conflict, but they have no place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't go to police. Uh, uh, and so we have been operating in this space now for about two years and it's very expansive. We have learned a lot. Um, and we we see this program as being groundbreaking uh, as it relates to being able to address the issue of gun violence, uh, where you have a legislative response. We do need tougher gun laws. Uh, you have a court response. Some cities have special dockets. Uh, we have a law enforcement response, uh, hot spot policing. Uh, then you have gun buyback programs. Uh, But in the African-American community, our response was pretty much squelched with the stop snitching code. Mm -hmm. Um, We we have been very uh, successful, and it's something that we think needs to be expanded. Gun violence de-escalation is a key key program, not just for St. Louis, but for every major city in America. Now, you've said previously that this program grew out of a different one, uh, those signs that said we must stop killing each other. How did that effort lead to this? Well, we, we, um, we, um, I was leaving a gas station one morning, and a young man said, man, I see you on TV all the time, man. We got to stop killing each other. I was... Then I got to the office. There was a mother waiting on me. Sir, my my son got shot at. We've got to stop killing each other. So I wrote it down, and we put it on a T-shirt. Then it evolved into a yard sign. And when the yard sign started going up, uh, people start calling, random people. Hey, my my uh, sister's ex-boyfriend uh, is threatening her new boyfriend. And we de-escalated the conflict. After about five like that, I pulled my staff together and I said, what have we learned from this? 
the yard signs are stimulating people to call. And it was clear that we learned that there are third-party people out there who know about a conflict and who are willing to come forward and let the conflict be known, give us a chance to dissect the conflict, and then work towards de-escalation. And then with the help of the uh, Missouri uh, Foundation for Health, uh, we received a three-year grant and uh, brought Washington University in as the program evaluator. And uh, we've saved lives. Uh, And in instances where we cannot de-escalate, then we relocate. So we've moved about 30 people out of St. Louis because the conflict, the other adversary was clear, I'm not de-escalating. Okay. And in those cases, uh, we relocate. Did those tend to be very temporary moves, or in some cases, this might be longer? Oh, all of them have been long-term relocations. Uh, we, we had just relocated a young man uh, two days ago whose, whose survival possibilities in St. Louis were slim to none. Wow. So this is, I mean, these are some dramatic situations you're getting involved in. I'm wondering, do you ever worry that by contacting one of these people who's intent on harming somebody else, that this might make things worse? Well, we, 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 um, we have thought this through. Working, working with uh, Washington University, we have, developed, we have developed and outlined a very stern process. Mm-hmm. We rarely contact the adversary. We normally start with grandmother or oh, girlfriend okay. or football coach. So we dissect the conflict and we look at who is the best person to contact because we know if we contact the adversary first and it doesn't go right, they're going to put up a wall and we may not penetrate that wall. So we're very methodical. Okay. So there's some real thought that goes into how do you proceed in each case. Yes, yes. Uh, We're also joined in studio today by somebody else who's been helped by this program, and that's Pearl Tab. Pearl, I want to thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, you called Better Families uh, De-Escalation Hotline in December. Uh, What led you to do that? Uh, I called Better Family Life uh, De-Escalation Program in in September. My son was shot in September, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I need help. So somebody, uh, at, while my son was still in the hospital, I talked to a nurse, and the nurse referred me to Better Family Life. So we called Mr. Uh, nurse was at my house. We called Mr. Clark. He came immediately hmm. and talked to me and my son. My son was very unwillingly to talk to him, but I ended up convincing my son, hey, this is, you need help. I need help. Let's, let's make this work. James, is that typical that somebody who's a victim in one of these cases or being threatened with violence, they're at first scared. They don't, they don't want to talk to you. Yeah, well, it, it, it really runs the gamut. Um, but, but we found that, that we have to listen. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to listen very intent, intently because you're trying to find a pressure point. We 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 have we realized that um, it's good to have retired St. Louis City police officers serve as our mediators because they are skilled in interviewing. They can read the verbal and the nonverbal mannerisms. So so we do a very good job of reading the family members, reading the the adversaries. 
Um, we we have a very dynamic group of outreach workers who many have spent time in the penitentiary. All of them understand the street code, so they're good at going out, finding the conflicts, and then working methodically to de-escalate the conflicts. And so, Pearl, for your son, um, he did open up ultimately about what he knew about why he had been shot. Yes, he t- uh, before when he got shot, I was he got shot in my building where I lived, and um, one of my neighbors came and got me, and I went down there and I asked him questions: Who did this? Why was this done? And I got all the information I needed from him. So you basically before. solved this case almost before before you even brought in Better Family Life. Yes, I had to. I had to. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you he passed away, I want to know what happened. Yeah. So you got this information, and then your son uh, was able to survive this shooting. Um, how did you guys decide what was going to be the next step then in this case? Well, after after we looked at it, um, we we knew that we had to temporarily relocate the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, uh, this happened it right in Pearl's apartment complex. happened in her apartment complex. Uh, we, we had not contacted the adversary, um, so we said that it's best to relocate the family. Mm-hmm. So we put the family in, in a hotel for about a week and a half, uh, give, gave us time to identify the, the adversary, reach out to him, um, and then uh, gave the family some time to be out of that environment. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the relocation can be permanent or, in some cases, temporary. And, Pearl, um, obviously it's not easy to have to pack up your stuff and, and go to a hotel, but did that give you some peace of mind? Oh, it gave me great peace of mind. Nobody knew where I was at. Couldn't nobody find me. I, didn't, I kept it secret. Everybody like, why you ain't at home? I'm like, why should I be there? I'm in danger. Yeah. So it's time for me to go. And so this ended up being more of a temporary move. What happened then in this case? Were you able to de-escalate with this shooter? We were able to to de-escalate. He realized that it it went too far. Um, We did not work, we we do not mess with a a police investigation. Um, um, Pearl's son uh, went on to become gainfully employed. Uh, able to to take care of his daughter, and so those 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 are that's what we strive for. Uh, most times, these are very senseless shootings, mm-hmm. very very senseless, and and most time, both parties are willing to de-escalate. It's interesting, Paula Neely um, telling us earlier about how the young man who shot her son actually ended up becoming very involved with Better Families yeah. Life programs, and it sounds like he's almost now a, a poster child for for the, what your organization is doing. Does this sometimes end up being a wake-up call for the person who's um, who's starting the incident? Yeah, what, what we do is when we get to both of the adversaries, we look at what they need. Uh, some need drug drug treatment. Some need therapy. Um, this this individual had St. Louis City warrants, and he was unemployed. So part of the bargain, not the bargain, but part of what we showed him was, hey man, we're able to get your warrants lifted. We can help you find a job. So so he was so that kind of made it easier for him to say, look, let the guy know. Uh, he 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 bust out my truck windows. He needs to pay for those, and I'll de-escalate. And then they both signed the truce 
and then uh, we stay in contact with them. We, we, we do weekly follow-ups at first, then it goes to a one-month, then it goes to a two-month. So, so we maintain relationships, yes. And Pearl, for, for your son then, this was back in September. Yes. Um, how is he doing today? My son is doing, he was doing very great at first, but he got a whole, he needs help. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Sure. He he got a hold of some fentanyl, mm-hmm. and he's gone berserk. Okay. So he's sort of had he's a gone. different set of troubles now. Yes. Okay. And, and James, is that something then where Better Family Life might try to reach out to him again and, and stay on this case? Oh, definitely. I'm, I will be having a conversation with him uh, today. Uh, Miss Miss Pearl said that, that, that he broke his phone. But, you know, we are able to get him into treatment within 24 hours. If he's willing to go, you can, if, you if can get him If he's willing in. to go. See, see what, what, what we have discovered at uh, Better Family Life is social service organizations, we need to lower our trajectory. We're aiming too high. Mm-hmm. We come up with surface-level solutions because we only deal with the surface of the issue. And as a society, we've spent too much time studying and researching problems. We need to take a deep dive now. We focus on what we call the NPL, the neighborhood, the front porch, and the living room. Social service organizations have got to be willing to go into the neighborhoods, stand on the front porch, and go sit in the living room. That's where you'll get the best lens. Study it or analyze it or or research our neighborhoods from the living room view and you can come up with real-time solutions. So, so, that's, so that's, that's the paradigm shift that we're really trying to usher in right now. And James, I know you have uh, a reputation for you've, you've done this in St. Louis. You know these streets on such an intimate level. And yet hearing these stories from both Paula and Pearl, um, when these calls came in, you were personally there. How, how, is that something, how is this program something that can be replicated when there's one James Clark? Well, that's, that's where we are so happy to have Washington University as our program evaluator. They are looking at what makes the program work independent of a personality. Mm-hmm. So so it's being replicated in um, other cities now. They're already rolling it out. Yes, yes. That's it's got to be so yes. exciting for you. Yes, and it's and it's the process. Uh, it's not the personality. So okay. so we're now early on I was the one out front. I was going to the living room. I was I was doing the um, uh, negotiations. Now I have a staff mm-hmm. that does it. So, so it's it's a very exciting time, and right now, St. Louis, we need to we need to focus on this. So, I'm very convinced. I mean, you guys are, are certainly, um, you know, this program sounds amazing. For people who are listening and they want to help or they want to see this program expand, is there anything that we can do? Yeah, right, right, right now. I'm gonna be very honest with you. We we need for our philan- we need for the philanthropic community. We we a need for the corporate community mm-hmm. to begin to align with where the crisis is. See see right now there are a lot of programs that are good programs mm-hmm. that serve a real need, but we have cancer. St. Louis has a terminal problem, and it's called crime and violence. Yes, if I have a bruise on my shoulder. Yeah, I want the bruise treated. So definitely treat the bruise, but I'm terminal. 
St. Louis, we've got to shift our funding to support our most pressing issues. So, so I, so I'm, I'm encouraged because I see St. Louis beginning to wake up. But we've got to begin to move faster. This diabolical mentality it morphs to more and more challenging dimensions about every three to six months. Let mm-hmm. me give you a quick example. If we would have said just two years ago that there's going to be a shooting at the Galleria Mall in the middle of the day during the Christmas season, Mm -hmm. we'd have said, that'll never happen. It It happened. happened. And that is a gateway saying that the mentality of gun violence is expanding to where it can happen anywhere, anytime. It's happening on the highways now. It's going to continue to, 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 to morph into more and more diabolical dimensions. Now, the truth of the matter is, as we shift resources that focus on the neighborhood, we need outreach workers. We need uniformed men and women in the neighborhoods, boots on the ground, five days a week, engaging families. St. Louis, when, when you look at our crime and violence, we should be more like Denver. Mm-hmm. We should be more like Seattle. We should be more like San Francisco. To say St. Louis and you say one of the most dangerous cities in America, we should be embarrassed, so embarrassed that we take immediate action. These are all senseless crimes, right? These are all senseless shootings. Now, we are so so slow to respond to the crisis. Now now I I categorize them as needless crimes. Mm-hmm. These are needless. These shootings need not happen, but for our inability to say, hold on, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. We're being wagged by crime and violence. Let's invest. Let's put the investments where they need to go in real time. I'm frightened for this spring and summer. I'm going to just be transparent here. Mm-hmm. I'm frightened for this spring and summer. More young men have guns than wallets. And just as Ms. Pearl is saying, there's a new dynamic that St. Louis has not seen before, and it's called fentanyl. It's going to show up when the weather gets warm. And In St. Louis right now, we're not prepared for it. Well, these are some some dire warnings here, but there, James Clark is saying there's a solution, and I hope the yes. people with uh, with the philanthropic resources are listening yeah. to what and, he says and, right and here. And we can be reached at 314-381-8200. Um, We are willing to come out and share uh, the data, share all the information, show the successes, uh, uh, because we think that St. Louis needs to confront this. We need to aim everything we have at this crisis right now. Well, James Clark, Vice President of Community Outreach for Better Family Life, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And Pearl Tab, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And I hope best wishes for your son. I hope he can get that help that that I know James wants to connect him to. And if you're aware of a situation that could escalate to gun violence, you can reach Better Family Life's de-escalation hotline. It's at 314-203-3900. That's 314-203-3900. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.